ministries involved in the rehabilitation of these people's lives. Because we know it takes more than willpower, it takes faith to heal these families, heal these prisoners, and turn their lives around. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesslyn, and today we are here with Pastor Jensen Franklin to talk about prison reform in the First Step Act. Say hello, Pastor Franklin. Well, hello, Jesslyn. Hello, everybody who's listening in. We are so excited you're here today to talk about this very important issue. So I read the news a lot. I follow the news. I'm aware of what's happening. But for listeners who don't know what the First Step Act is, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's something that's so important to the faith community because I believe at the heart of the First Step Act is redemption. Actually, an opportunity to give nonviolent prisoners a chance to rebuild their life and if they, through years of good record and uh, contributing and taking care of their families, do right, then they can actually have the word felon taken off of their permanent record and be able to get better jobs and be able to build their families for generations with blessing instead of the curse of having that word. Many of these people are, again, nonviolent criminals who, when they were young, made terrible choices and decisions, maybe sold drugs, maybe because of the uh, three strikes out law that was passed, the prisons are greatly overcrowded, and they were kids when they did it. They were, they were you know, just not thinking straight. Now they're older men in their 30s, and they could be released. They've not had one incident in prison, but because of the three strikes out, mm-hmm. they're in there, almost some of them for life. For, for things that were nonviolent criminals, and certainly we're not for, you know, drugs and, and people stealing drugs and selling drugs, and this is just one example, but we've got to have a system that gives people a chance to rebuild their life. Amen. Now, you mentioned in the beginning that this is really important for the faith community. What impact does it have on the body of Christ? Well, many people in the faith community, first of all, helped put this bill together. Jared Kushner, the president, people like Paula White, people like uh, Reverend Daryl Scott, and I could go on and on, Mm -hmm. uh, Bishop Harry Jackson, many people who have been involved in prison ministry for decades were involved. Uh, I know our ministry was involved because we have prison ministry every week, people who go into the prison. So we listened. We listened to the prisoners. We listened to the families of uh, victims. We listened to all kinds of people. And we came up with this conclusion that the only thing that really works long term is to get the faith-based ministries involved in the rehabilitation of these people's lives. And that means several things. First of all, it means we need to uh, try to get the prisoners close enough to their families that they can still have communication with their families. Mm-hmm. And we need to get those faith-based ministries in the areas where prisons are easier access so that they can connect to the families. When the prisoners are out, the families are already connected to a church. The ministries are already going in ministering to the prisoners. And when that happens, 
the reentry of prisoners going back into prison is cut dramatically. This is not just hearsay. It's a fact. And we know that the answer is, uh, is in getting people, you know, introduced, we believe, to Jesus Christ. And that's why we're pushing this so strong also, because we know it takes more than willpower. It mm-hmm. takes faith to heal these families, heal these prisoners, and turn their lives around. Amen. That was something I hadn't thought about before regarding like having the faith community already there and having the relationships allows people, it sets them up for success. And that is so important. Yeah. And and also, you know, it's amazing. I mean, some of this stuff is just common sense, but it is amazing how many prisoners are four or five states away from their own families. Mm. They never get to connect with their families. They never get to see loved ones. They, you know, if you can move those prisoners to prisons that are closer to their family, again, and we are working with the families and we're connecting and creating a culture in the families that that is inviting uh, to that prisoner as soon as they get out, the church is already connected to that family, then that's a big deal. And it's going to help them. You know, we, we're also working on job placements through faith-based uh, ministries or churches in that community. It's really a community issue. It's really a Matthew 25 issue mm-hmm. where Jesus said, I was in prison and you helped me. And they said, when did we help you? We didn't come to see you or do anything for you in prison. And Jesus said, when you did it unto the least of these, when you cared for their families, when you helped them get their life back together, when you gave them a second chance or a third chance, and they finally got it together, you did it unto me, Jesus said. Amen. That is very powerful. I know at Charisma, we know a lot about generational curses. How can this legislation really be a weapon in spiritual warfare to break those generational curses? Well, I mean, absolutely, it deals. This is dealing with generational curses, not only of, uh, of you know, behavior, but even of poverty and mm-hmm. of uh, education and uh, illiteracy, and on and on and on. Because we're talking about many of the people that w- that First uh, Step Act will help are un- the undereducated, the the people who have for generations been locked into communities and systems that did not allow them to even dream and get a decent paying job. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I'm very excited about it. I feel like it's the greatest thing that could impact generations that has happened in, honestly, in my lifetime. I've been involved in, in, in politics and to a, to a, in a minimal degree, I guess, but more so with this administration, because the door has been opened more. But this is not even a political issue. It's mm-hmm. a human issue. It's a family issue. And when we help a prisoner, we help their children. We help their children's children. Imagine with me, if you had committed something when you were 21 years old, a nonviolent crime, it was wrong, it was a terrible decision, but you were stupid, you were young, say you were 18, and you did something just off of the that was dumb and stupid, and you have to pay for that the rest of your life because you got involved with the wrong people. But what if you saw a pathway in about five years, if you work, you get a GED, you do this, you go through this door, you take this step, and you follow the rules, and you stay out of trouble in prison, and you get out, you serve your time, and now if I keep doing this for two or three years, I hold a job, I hold 
you know, stay com- connected to community, stay connected to faith-based programs, then guess what? I can get the word felon off. Mm-hmm. I can get a better job. I can pass on blessings. All my mistakes will be as a testimony to my family for generations to come. Amen. That is wonderful to hear. I know that I often get the privilege of reading stories or watching videos of people who lead worship in prisons. Zach Williams went out there a few months ago. Lauren Daigle did as well. How is revival breaking out behind bars? Well, it's it's absolutely happening, and the reason is because it is they're so it's so desperate. I mm-hmm. mean, the prisons are desperately overcrowded. A lot of this goes back to the Clinton years, the Bush years, when they passed three strikes out. Um, and again, you know, if it's a violent crime, then so be it. The people that are criminals, that have hurt people, that will hurt people again, they need to be held in prison for the rest of their life, no doubt about it. And there's a lot of people that got caught up in this that absolutely have kept themselves, you know, clean and done the best that they can do and all they need is another chance mm-hmm. and it was it, it's something that we've got to look at and the revival that's breaking out behind the bars has to do with the numbers that's there's two million people in prison now and with so many people in prison the people are desperate mm-hmm. and the prisoners are desperate and there's something about desperation that makes people turn to god and so we're seeing more people respond we had over a thousand prisoners give their heart to the lord in 2017 oh, wow. uh, through our prison ministry. And I know that's I've talked to people like Chris Hodges and different pastors at different churches all over the nation, and they're all seeing thousands of people in prisons giving their hearts to the Lord. And the beautiful thing is, under this administration and with this kind of legislation, we will be given even more access to the prisons with our nonprofit, uh, you know, uh, faith-based ministries that we can go in and preach the gospel, disciple, and connect to their families, which is so critical because it's the families that need ministry. Too. Mm-hmm. And so it's very exciting. I love it. This is, I know as a news person, it's exciting for me to watch these things happen and have the privilege to reporting on it. Now, what would you well, say? Jess, Jess, look, oh, sorry, can go I ahead. Say this, that, yes. Can I say this? Absolutely. I, I think that, that people need to know they have a role to play. Mm. That right now, this week, this bill is being brought to the floor by Senator Mitch McConnell. And it was only because of, of people in the faith-based community that had such an outcry that he totally reversed himself last week. I know I put it up on my social media and, and gave his phone number. I called him, sent him a personal letter. He was very gracious. I met with pastors in Kentucky on the phone and asked them, since he's from Kentucky, if they would call and encourage him to reverse his position on this, and he graciously did. We're so mm-hmm. thankful for that. But the battle is not over by any means. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, people who don't want to see this happen for whatever reason, and we need to be vocal. This is a nonpartisan issue. Mm-hmm. It's not a Democrat. And by the way, it is the one of the great issues where there's a lot of unity across the aisle. There's Democrats. There's Republicans. It's not really about politics. It's about helping people. Amen. So how can people get involved? Well, if they will call their senator it is and congressman, it is critical that, they, that, that the people who care uh, about these issues speak up right now. It could not be more important 
that every person listening get the number of your senator and call and say, please vote for the First Step Act. Absolutely. And what would you say to people who think that we don't need prison reform right now, who think things are just fine and they're maybe worried about criminals getting back on the streets? Well, I certainly understand that, and and crime and and violence is real. Ted Cruz uh, saw some loopholes in this original bill, and he is a brilliant lawyer also. Mm -hmm. And he and a group of other senators sealed it up even tighter, took away any concerns about releasing violent criminals Mm. back into society. He sealed it up even more, so it's really about helping the the, those who have been in for a long time and they've kept themselves clean, they many of them are getting a GED, they're getting their lives together, they just need a goal that if I do this and if I do that and if I meet this standard and that standard, I actually one day could rebuild my life. And that's what First Step Act mm-hmm. is all about. And I think this bill addresses every, uh, every one of those concerns about the violent criminals being released back into society. It's not going to happen through this bill. Wow. That is, it's reassuring to hear, but it's also encouraging because I know I've made mistakes in my past. I mean, I haven't been to prison or arrested, but it just to me represents the heart of Christ about the redemption and forgiveness. And we can be committed to renewing our minds and changing our lives when God gives us strength. Well, it goes back again to what we believe, and we know that God never gives up on us, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't give up on people. And, um, you know, some of these people could make the best uh, members in our churches, and they could make the best members of our community and society. And I have some of them in my church already that have come through prison ministry, saved through prison ministry. We begin to reach out to their families, love on their families, minister to their families at times like Christmas, buy Christmas for their families. And when they get out, the first place they want to go is to that church. Mm. And that's the very heart of Jesus Christ. As you do it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. Amen. I feel very convicted right now, and I need to go call my congressman. Thank you so much for stopping by on the podcast today. We really appreciate your relationship with us as well as your relationship with prison ministries and how you are actively making inroads in the kingdom of God. One thing we like to ask our guests to do is to pray for us and pray with us as they leave the show. Could you do that, please? I sure can. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for every person listening today. May they be encouraged to action. May they speak up. May they make a difference. May we, you know, not just be space takers, but difference makers. And every call counts. Every voice counts. Every person counts. And Lord, I pray today your blessing upon every listener. Let them walk in your presence today. Let them have your peace, your joy, and your favor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Graham's no longer here, his message lives on. There's a new TV special that looks at his commitment to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people all around the world. The new Billy Graham TV special is called The Message Lives On, and you can watch it right now at billygram.tv. Again, that's billygram.tv.
This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. Thank you.